Welcome to the Art of Simple Hypnosis with Rob DeGroove. Rob's goal is to keep hypnosis simple and uncomplicated, fast, powerful, and effective techniques. In this show, Rob talks with leaders of the hypnosis industry on how to keep hypnosis simple and effective on the therapeutic side as well as on the business side. Enjoy, learn, and by all means, keep it simple. John, uh, really welcome to the Art of Simple Hypnosis. Uh, in this show, we uh, talk about hypnosis and hypnotherapy, of course. And the goal is to um, give uh, our viewers uh, advice on how to keep hypnosis simple, uh, on, on how to, to get great results or business advice or uh, whatever uh, that we can uh, give our viewers to, to build their business to, to get better results. So my first question is always, what is the biggest mistake you uh, ever made uh, that you don't want others to make? Relying on the opinion and advice of people who haven't done it themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's now you now if you, if you're coming into the business now you have a huge advantage over where I was because if somebody said to me I'm a hypnosis guru and I've got thousands of people and thousands of and and so many people are saying how wonderful I am and. and you know, and more importantly, if you're training with somebody, ask them to give you a list of people who have trained with them who are successful. Yeah. Now you can do that now. You can do your homework now. You can go online. You can actually see your hypnosis guru, you know, because it's a cult. It's, it's, but you can see your hypnosis guru actually hypnotizing, actually doing what they do. And if you can't find that, if you can't say that, for God's sake, don't go to them. Seriously, you know, there, there are so many people out there who have never done anything teaching how to do something. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's quite good advice because um, get bricks yeah, thrown I, at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but yeah, sometimes you you see uh, trainers out there that uh, I had it in Belgium. We had uh, we had somebody who was uh, in my in my class for uh, he was the, in my class the year before and a year later I saw him uh, advertising for hypnosis trainings uh, in Belgium. So yeah, so sometimes people get. To people who never uh, see clients uh, or who don't have the experience, so I think that's that's uh, yeah really 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 important. Yeah. So, um, what what advice can you give uh, to uh, our viewers on on how to keep hypnosis simple? Keep it simple. I, I use a five-stage strategy. I, I like five because you can remember because you've got five fingers and you can always put down the thumb. Right, I've done that one, the finger, that one. I, I do that in everything. I do that in public speaking. I actually have five. So when I was teaching, to simplify my teaching, I broke it down to five stages. Yeah? And and the, the thing is, if you keep it simple and say, right, I've done that, that... That's great. It's just, it makes it easier. Yeah. And, and that is, um, for me, some people say pre-talk, but I think it's about getting, getting your intent right. You have to have the right intention. Um, I do believe I was the first one to ever put this into a book. And, um, some, some of the, before Facebook, 
there was a thing called Yahoo Groups. Mm. Um, and Yahoo Groups is a text, was the very first text discussion group. And um, there were several of us that were in the hypnosis Yahoo group. And I do believe it's still going, but, you know, and I met some wonderful people on there. Certainly somebody you know very, very well. Um, but uh, met some wonderful people on there. And that's where a whole philosophy of hypnosis started to grow, you know, with this swapping notes and stuff like that. And, um, and, and, and that was, if, if you keep it simple, you actually get hypnosis a lot more. Because a lot of, you know, and I know that a lot of relaxotherapy schools have never seen a hypnotized person, you know, um, they've never seen somebody who can't take their hand off a wall. And when you get how much imagination there is in that, you know, but be very, very, very careful that the, the person that you're talking to can do it themselves, you know, say, show me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, what is the best decision you ever made uh, regarding your hypnosis business? Starting. Hypnotizing the first person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Getting on with it. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. just like me, you you have a background in entertainment. So, you were an entertainer first, then you you became a, a hypnotist. Can you tell me a bit about that? Oh, good Lord. Um, going back to the 1980s, because I'm very old. Um, in, in my 20s, I was a nurse. Um, I was an orthopedic nurse. In, uh, in my late teenage years, a um, couple of years, I, I was actually a professional patient. I was in hospital having operations that didn't work to get me to walk better, you know, and that sort of thing from a congenital condition I've got. And um, when I left nursing, I went into, I was a road manager, roadie. I made props for comedy, for a comedy duo that I worked with. And um, they did magic. And actually Jimmy Carlo, half of that was my oldest and longest friend. He's an award-winning award -winning magician now, you know. Um, he's won. Him and his wife were the first people to ever won three shields at the British IBM International Brotherhood of Magicians, mm. and I helped develop that act in the background. You know, I didn't write it, like you know, but I said that's not funny. Do this instead, you know, and that. So, so, and I love collaborating on that sort of thing, and. Um, I was, I, I was summer seasoning down Jersey. I was actually doing the sound and lights and, and working at the bar at the same time. So I, I was actually pouring pints with one hand and using a follow spot with the other. <laughs> that, literally, that's how it went. And, um, and I met a guy called Robin Colville, who was a comedian with a comedy show band who were huge in this country called the Grumbleweeds at that time. Um, but we are talking way back in the 80s, you know. And... Um, he hypnotized the roadie's girlfriend in, in the bar at the Hotel de France in, in St. Helier, in Jersey. And, um, and he told her that when this little electronic dog flipped over, that this little boy was playing with, <laughs> that when he flipped over, he'd become a fully grown lion. 
So the boy pressed the button, the dog went forward, he sat down, he went beep, beep, bounced over. And it took 15 minutes to get the girl out of the lift. She'd gone up to the top floor and locked herself in and there was no way she was coming out of that line there. And Robin was shouting suggestions at her through the door, but she, she was screaming so she couldn't hear. But we got her out eventually, you know, because <laughs> chaos. And I said to him, I said, that's bloody good. Um, could I do that? And he said, yeah, it's just suggestion. He says, you do this, you say this, you do this, you say this. I said, right, is that it? He said, yeah. About five, ten minutes later, I'll come up to him. I said, Robin, he said, yes, John. I said, um, I've got the barman on the floor. What do I do now? And the thing is, because I was taught that that's all it was, that's all I've ever used. Which is, which is, get your intent right, you are going under, yeah? Induce, the induction doesn't matter. Yeah. Because if you've got your intent right, it, it's like I say in, in all of my books. There's several. It's like I say in all of my books, if you believe you're the hypnotist and they believe they're the, the, you're their hypnotist, they will go into hypnosis yeah. And if they are a really, really good somnambulist, the hardest job is keeping them out, not putting them in. You know? I mean, I, I have actually been in a room just talking like, like, like this with a group of people, and somebody at the side over there has gone into hypnosis and fallen off their chair. That's happened about four times in my, in, in, in my career. Yeah. I had the best advice after after I'd done that. I was I, I was going to my mentor, who turned out to be. Um, I know this is inappropriate, but I'm going to say a Red Indian knife throwing act. Who mm. was a guy from Liverpool? He was a milkman from Liverpool who, who turned into this act. Who was actually friends with a guy called John Lennon. But we we won't go into that. You know, it's. You know, it's show business. No, no. You know, not everybody's famous. You're not, you're not famous in your own grandmother's living room. No, you know, no, you just, no. and everybody's got, so, but name drop, name drop, name drop. But, but Jay, uh, I said to Jay, I'm going to be a stage hypnotist. And he said, you'll never make a stage hypnotist so long as you've got a hole in your backside. And I, that made me angry. So I, I booked a local club <laughs> and put on a show. <laughs> I've got no idea what I was doing. I died on my ass. Um, but, but that got me going. Yeah. And he said, I knew if I made you angry, you'd do that, <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, I know, I know I've gone off the score a little bit now, probably way off the score from the question, but, um, then I, being an entertainer, I needed a vehicle to entertain with. And I can't sing, can't dance, can't tell jokes, um, can act a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, so that left magic and I have a neuromuscular condition I can't manipulate, so no. I couldn't do conjuring. So I had to do mentalism because it was the only sort of magic I could do. 
and I did a bit of mentalism and then I came across, I developed some of the hypnosis, tried some of the hypnosis thing and then you've got to look at it this way, there was probably in those days in the United Kingdom professionally, there was probably a couple of dozen mentalists mm. who were mind readers and, and that sort of thing. You know, it was quite rare, but there was a couple of dozen. But there was only five stage hypnotists. Yeah? Yeah, so there was a, a market. Uh... And, and nobody saw a stage hypnotist unless you went to see one. Mm. You know, if you put the word hypnotist in front of a theatre, you would fill it. Sadly, that's not the case now, but um, but at, at, at that time, the reason I became a hypnotist was because I wanted to be as rich and famous as possible, which is what drives all entertainers, you know. Um, people say, have entertainers got egos? Of course they have. That's why they're entertainers, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yep. But everybody's got an ego. We've just got a slightly better developed one. But, <laughs> but you know, it's... And, and I thought, well, there's way less competition in the stage hypnosis game. So I, I'll become a stage hypnotist. And that, that's basically how I got into the... I remember the question now. You asked me, how did I get into it? And everything. That's, that's basically how I got into it. Yeah. In the United Kingdom, in 1950, 1950, 51, I think it was 51, I, I believe... And don't quote me on this because I may be saying it wrong, and I know that all your people will be typing. Oh, no, 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 no. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. I believe it was a Canadian act, and I can't remember his name. The story is he was doing a show somewhere like Brighton or Bournemouth, you know, hotel town, and he was in a theatre, and he used to finish his act by telling everybody on stage that seven o'clock the next evening. Whatever it was they were doing, they would run out into the street and say, go and see so-and-so at the such-and-such theatre, he's the world's greatest hypnotist, and then forget what they'd just done. Unfortunately, the next evening, one of the guys that was on stage decided to do that in the middle of taking a bath. Okay. <laughs> now, that resulted in a lot of newspaper cuttings and clippings and stuff like that. Whether that's true or not, that's the story I've been told and it's the best story I've been told, so it's the one I'm sticking to. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's the it's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah. But any, anyway, questions were asked right up at the top in Parliament and we got the 1952 Hypnotism Act, which mm. is still current in the United Kingdom. Well, it's not actually. It's current in England, Scotland, and Wales. It mm. does not apply in Northern Ireland. Okay. Which, don't get me started on our, on, on our political structure because it's always been a mess. Mm. <laughs> it's not just now, you know. <laughs> but, but um, so we've got the 1952 Hypnotism Act, which states that you must apply to the local authority that, gives out entertainment licenses for permission to perform a public demonstration of hypnosis connected to or in a place of entertainment. So mm. even if you're doing it, yeah, 
that does not cover you for medical or scientific reasons. And proving medical or scientific reasons is not as easy as some people who have written books about this seem to think it is. It's very difficult mm. because you have to have proper research documents. You have to have proper licenses and that sort of thing. So that meant that you just put in an application and you have to tell the council what you do. Um, when I was doing summer seasons down here where I live now, down in deepest darkest Devon, I had to come down and, and demonstrate what I was going to do to the council. Now, have you ever tried to hypnotize a council? Um, but <laughs> there are some people you can't do. But, <laughs> but um, you know, I thought, right, okay, it will look better if I have a few letters after my name. So I went to the number one hypnotherapy training school, in which was in the United Kingdom, in which some people will remember and some people won't, and that was Wolf Proudfoot's Centre of Hypnosis in Scarborough. Um, Wolf Proudfoot was an XMP. He was the first man that brought NLP into this country. Um, he got he he uh, started the European Guild of, profession, uh, of Hypnotist Examiners. It was then the, the, the UK Guild of Hypnotist Examiners. And he worked with another mentor and, and not mentor, but I trained with um, when he came over here, uh, a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous hypnotist called Gil Boyne, yeah. um, who invented magnetic hands, um, magnetic fingers and stuff like that. They, they were all they were all his. Some people would argue that he did eye closure and eye lock before Elman. But, um, you know, that's an argument that, you know, doesn't need to be had. Mm. But, um, but working with, with Wilf over three whole weeks, because I did the, I did the uh, Master Hypnotist, the Master of NLP and the Advanced Master of Hypnosis in NLP. So I did all three of them. So, uh, and um, I, I did some, some clients and stuff with Wilf. So I spent a whole month up there, up in, in Scotland, came away with with my bits of paper, you know, my, my certificates and that, and um, and it just made it a little bit easier to impress a council. Yeah, that you weren't actually going to kill anybody. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, um, so so that's how I got into the therapy side of it, and. Um, I, I only did that, like most of us, um, that it was a sideline, you, you know, because my main focus and income was the, the more esoteric side of hypnosis, you know, the more, um, the more weird and wonderful. You know. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's what I uh, want to go on uh, about, uh, because that's something that, that, that I don't do. I don't have any experience with it. Uh, but uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, past life regression uh, mm. sessions that you're doing. Uh, yes, yeah, I've you... got a book half written called Passion for Past Lives. I must finish it. I've only been writing it for 10 years. Okay, so yeah, then, uh, then you really have to go on with that one because I want to read that one. Now, uh, tell me a bit about that uh, past life regression uh, work that you're doing. Uh, you in, in the simple question round, you said that, that yeah, the most special or most 
um, special sessions or issues you had were in, in past life regression. I can, I well, can imagine well, well, that. You said, it, you said issue, but, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't do issues and mm. problems and stuff. Um, I have done. You, you know, and I did, I did it professionally. I, I probably only ran a professional, I've never been a hypnotherapist. I've called, just called myself a hypnotist, but, um, but, but I probably did a hypnotherapy business for about two years. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I was sitting there talking to depressed people all day and it got right up my nose. So I, I thought, I don't like this, you know, um, and maybe I'm too empathetic. Maybe maybe I'm too I'm too caring for people because I was going home worse than they were. Yeah, you know? that's, that's because not the I idea. was just soaking it all in. The transference <laughs> was terrible with me. Um, so I taught it um, simply because I'd done it, and you know. You know, as a stage hypnotist, you do a show. People come up and they say, "Oh, that was fabulous." Can you help me stop smoking? That was a big thing in the in the in the 90s, you know, the, the, the can you stop me smoking? And um, because the realization that smoking was actually bad for you, you know, not good for your lungs. <laughs> yeah. um, the, the, you know, have a good cough. It's, you know, um, so if you didn't do it, it was leaving money on the table. I used to do, I used to do a lot of army bases and I could have 30, 40, you know, army bases, junior ranks clubs, what the Americans call grunts. Do you know why they call grunts? Because no. they walk in front of the tank. They're the first ones that are hit and they go, Ugh! so they grunt. <laughs> That's why they're called grunts. Yeah. Seriously, that is the real reason for it. <laughs> but uh, infantry, tar- walking targets, basically. Uh, you know, while they're shooting at them, they're not destroying our tanks. But, <laughs> God, that's uh, the things you get told. But getting 40 people on stage in an army base was so easy. You know, I mm. mean, because they're already there. Like university students, like university students, the brain cells haven't stopped melding together yet. Mm. So, but and afterwards, you get loads of people coming. Hey, Gaffer, can you help me stop smoking? Can you help me do this? Can you help me do that? So, what I used to do was finish my act with. And if you want to stop smoking, or you've got a phobia that you want to get rid of, we do. A, I'm, I'm going to be in that room over there. You know, I'd arrange a separate room. I'm going to be in that room over there, and we'll do a hypnosis session with you, and we'll stop you smoking. We'll take away your phobias and that sort of thing. And I'd get 20 or 30 people paying me again mm. to, to do that. And I could triple my, my wages. So not doing that was leaving money on the table. Yeah. And only an idiot leaves money on the table, you know. So that's how I sort of got into, into that side of it. That was the closest I came to it professionally. I did run a business. I did have an office in, in Stafford and... I did, I did that for two, two or three years and I just, you know, it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, but I was doing a working men's club in, in called the Goldthorne Club in Wolverhampton and um, 
we we had working men's clubs which were local social clubs for say you know a council estate a working men's area or a big factory like Goodyear Tyres would have their own sports and social club and everybody would go there on a Friday and a Saturday night and that was variety that was vaudeville that was that was the musicals of my my era you know where everybody went out at the weekend on a friday and a saturday and they listened to comics they saw speciality acts magicians and mind readers and dancers and jugglers and stuff like that you know it's all gone now it's all gone it's so sad yeah but um but I, I, I consider myself really, really lucky to have been old enough to have been in that era, you know, where the, the thing, the, the funny thing is, I used to say this to people I was talking about, when we did the, the working men's club, we would fill a working men's club. That working men's club would be full if you were a, 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 a one-legged pole dancing giraffe. <laughs> they went there every Friday and Saturday night, no matter what. <laughs> they usually went there for the bingo to win some money yeah. and the entertainment uh, uh, and the, the guys went there to have a pint and, uh, and and a drink and that was it. You know, I mean, they'd be there anyway. That that generation, my generation, by the way, is still there. It's just that they can't afford to pay any decent tax now. So you get a karaoke or something. Yeah, like. I don't know. But, um, but, you know, Going, go, going into that, um, yeah, I, I forgot for a moment where I was because this is a very old head and it's full. <laughs> it's, I'm not Alzheimer's, I'm just old. But, um, but I was doing the Galthorn Club and I packed up and can I tell you a funny story? Of course. <laughs> You know how you stay at the venue afterwards and talk to the people who actually booked you, mm. which is not the people sitting in the chairs, it's the people who run the club. Yeah, the ones that they hang about you. after it. Yeah, they <laughs> hang about afterwards. Yeah. And because I made myself available in that way, I didn't just do my act and go home. Yeah. And I would laugh and joke with them. I'd show them stuff I hadn't done on stage. And I would get rebooked immediately afterwards. In fact, if I, I didn't leave the place, sometimes I'd stay there till four o'clock in the morning. I did not leave till I got rebooked. You know? Well, when do you want me to come back? <laughs> but the, the way it worked, people who lived in the club and kept it clean and run it and run all the bars and everything were called the stewards. And this steward, he said, John, would you do me a favour? Now, he'd, his wife had been on stage with me for two hours because I used to do a two-hour one-man show, mm. you know. Um, and, and she'd been on stage with me for two hours and she'd ate an onion and she'd done everything I asked her to. She'd sung a song in Chinese, you know, and all the usual stuff that I did. And she'd even um, almost had an orgasm. I used to stop with women, but I'd let the men go all the way. But anyway, but... Um, <laughs> and we're sitting at a table having... I'm having a cup of tea, because I'm driving home. I had nothing to drink, like, you know. And, and home's, like, a couple of hours away. But, um, well, an hour then. 
And we sit there, we're having a cup of tea, and he leant forward and he said, would you get her to... I said, yeah, yeah, okay. Do you understand bingo? Yeah, bingo is the... the, with the yeah, you've got a, you've got a card with a lot card of with numbers, numbers on and then they, they, they pull the ball out. Um, I believe that the Americans, certainly in Las Vegas, I noticed when I was there, they called it Lotto. Lotto. Uh, it, it's the same thing. Same, same yeah. principle, yeah. In this country now, but then it was huge. And it was so big, there was a, one called the National. And it was sort of like winning the Euro lottery. You know, it was like massive amounts of money. You could win a million pounds on the national, you know, which was life changing. Nowadays we go, is that all? Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's nothing now. But then it was, you know. Yeah. And so I said, yeah, I'll do that. And I went, sleep, you know, you know, you see, I see an awful lot of people, I don't know about you, reinducing on YouTube and saying that this is the first time this person's ever been hypnotized. And you and I can see that they've been hypnotized 57 times before to make before, sure yeah. it's going to work. Yeah. No, don't lie. <laughs> you know, this is the 17th time I've hypnotized this person. <laughs> and they get good at it. They get better. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just, I, I just went, sleep. And she went, Boof, you know. Because there's that hangover period where you're still there, hypnotist. And I said, well, Mikey, this time you are playing the national and you are waiting for clickety-click 66. And then you've won the national. So I said, one, two, wide awake. And no paper, no pen, nothing, just imagination. She went. <laughs> I said, six. And she went. And for 64, she went, oh, you bastard. I said, six and seven, 60. We, we, the shouters used to use rhymes. So I said, 69, the Brighton line. She went, oh. I went, clickety click, 66. She went, ah! She stood up, she got a top and she went, woof. Everything was on view. And the steward sat there and he said, you know, she always said she'd get a tits out if she won the national. <laughs> straight away, straight away, the, the entertainment secretary said, John, yeah, do you do stags? <laughs> do you do stag nights? You know, <laughs> adult <laughs> nights. Uh, uh, uh. I said, right, okay, that costs a bit more money. <laughs> yeah. So he wanted the adult, want me to come, right? So, you, you know, what you do is your biggest advert. Mm. Yeah. And um, that night I, I left there and I turned the radio on and for, I couldn't get national radio. I, I don't know. They, these were in the days where the car radio actually had a knob. A knob to twisted, turn and then, yeah. You know. Well. So, so I twisted the knob and I got a local radio station called Beacon Radio. There was a um, very good friend of mine now, um, uh, a DJ called Ian Perry on there. And he did a thing called the Midnight Line. And the Midnight Line was 12... 
and uh, midnight right the way through till 4 a.m. and it was a phone-in show. So, you know, and it was listened to by people who were on night shift and and, and security guards and police and, and yeah, everybody know, working during the night. Everybody and, working and, and entertainers driving home. <laughs> yeah. And um and he said he said, right. If you've got something, he said, ring me up with something unusual. He says, he said, everybody's ringing me up about politics and stuff like that. He said, ring me up with something really weird and unusual. And my my mentor, that's his, that's his picture there. He lives in Florida now. Jay Ruffley is a fabulous psychic. Um, I, I mean, he's a fabulous psychic, you know. Um, I know mentally scale, oh, it's all cold reading and that. Well, if it is, this guy can cold read like you wouldn't believe. No, no. Yeah. But um, so he introduced me to past lives and stuff like that because he was doing them. So I sort of like watched and learned. Mm. And I was actually just round the corner from Beacon Radio Studios. So I went round the corner, it's this big old Victorian house in Wolverhampton, and I knocked on the door, well, rang the bell. And this really scared voice said, who is he? Because I didn't know, but Ian Perry was the only person in this old building, <laughs> you know? And he pressed the button and said, who is he? I said, it's Jonathan Chase, a stage hypnotist. How would you like to do a series of past life regressions how would you like to do live comedy stage hypnosis on radio? The door went, Bzzz. he said, coming up. <laughs> and that's, that's how it started. Um, I do believe in, in 1990, 1989. Oh God, I can't remember now. 89 or 90. I did the first ever fully live stage hypnosis show on radio in the United Kingdom for four hours. We had hypnotized people in the studio for four hours. We had people ringing up, telling us what to get them to do. And that was, it, it was so popular. It got picked up by Manchester radio, uh, a guy called James Stanich. And James got me up there. And when we walked into the studio, they'd only mentioned that the hypnotist was coming and there was 150 people waiting to be hypnotized in the reception, you know? So as you can imagine, I've got some good subjects out of that. Yeah, of but, course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and it was, it was really, um, that, that was probably, that, that, that answers your question, what's the best thing I ever did for my career? They ever, the, the best thing I ever did for my career really was that. You know? Yeah, I was knocking on that door and... Uh, yeah, and yeah, going seeing on the, the opportunity uh, and yeah, knocking on that door. Knocking on that door, taking action. Yeah, yeah the, the number of people, the number of people that would come to a show and then come to the bar afterwards. Because if I did a local theatre or a local club, I'd hang around the bar afterwards and talk mm. to people, you know, because that's where you got clients from, you know. Um, people used to say to me, oh, Paul McKenna's coming to my town. I'm going to stand on the steps and protest. I said, really, if Paul McKenna was coming to my town, I'd be standing on the steps with a load of business cards, because he isn't going to be. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
no. and everybody that comes out of that theater is going to want to know yeah uh, of course yeah yeah they, they, they are into it at that moment and uh yeah, just yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. It, people harvest the market over people there people are yeah. crazy about that yeah. but, um, so so the past life regression thing it, it's um you did it on on the radio uh so people yeah just well what and, we and... what what we did we did what all television and radio shows do mm. is we created a reality i'm sorry but you know if you're a hypnotist that's what we do and we created a reality in as much as um people would ring in and um The, the 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 two the two girls the two researchers that took the telephone calls knew what we were looking for you know knew the demographic we were looking for that sort of thing um we we were looking for for people we we weren't looking for people who rang up and said oh i think i'm fat because be, 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 because I, I was in the I, 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 my past life was um I, I, I was in the potato famine in Ireland and, and I died, so I've got to eat now. We, we, we weren't looking for the loonies, no. you know. <laughs> we weren't looking for those, you know. That's somebody else's job, not ours. And, um, but people who were, who were genuinely interested in, in doing it and having a go, we would get them in in the afternoon. We did it on Wednesday and um, we would get them in in the afternoon and we'd be looking for four or five people to do live on air over a four hour period because it's not just, you know, it was a commercial radio station. So there was adverts, there was the news and the weather and all that sort of stuff. So although it's four hours sounds like this huge, great big chunk of time, in actual fact, it was probably two and a half hours, Yeah, you know. So we were giving about 15 minutes for max, you know. So we were looking for people who sounded good, um, pe- people who would sound good on the radio, people who could enunciate, you know, it, it's no good doing a radio show with somebody, you know, waste of time. So, um, so we set it up. They came in in the afternoon. I came across in the afternoon. Uh, we hypnotized them. I, I did some. It turned out that Ian Perry had always been interested in hypnosis. That's why he opened the door because he he did um, he, his degree was in psychology, mm. and although they'd mentioned it, they'd never seen it. You know, so so he he was interested, and he got quite good at doing past lives himself. I think he he, he did do it for a little while after I, I said right, that's enough. I had enough of that. I want to move on to the next project, mm. as we do, and. Um, and so we would get we, we we would get four or usually about four of of the best stories with the best storyline with the best things like that. I am really really tight when I'm talking to people about hypnosis and and especially past lives. You must never ever 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 lead. The subject you must never ever 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 give them even an iota of what might be around yeah that all has to come from them so you've got to be an inquisitor not just an inducer Mm. yeah yeah i have actually seen a friend of mine does 
it did um, past life regressions on stage with a, a with, with a very very big psychic at the time, you know, stage psychic, and he would say things like, "and okay, and you're there, and the weather's what's it, what's the weather like? Is the weather really cold?" And and they go, "Oh, the weather's freezing." And do you have any anything about you that's heavy? Um, yes, heavy. And, and is that around your waist or your head? Or yes, yes, her head. I've got a helmet on, you know, because believe me, people in battle do really good past lives. <laughs> so, and I've seen that sort of thing, you know. And you can do that. You can do that easy. And um, but. If you don't lead, you don't know where it's going to go, you know. I, I was doing one guy in class, um, doing a demonstration of it, and <laughs> all of a sudden he went, you know, and he's got his eyes closed, and he went, oh, God, God, God. I said, what is it? He went, bear, bear, bear. And I woke him up, and everybody's going, oh, shit, you know. And he's sweating, and, and he's gone white, you know. I said, what was that? He said, I was rushing, I was in a cave and I was, there was a fucking bear. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, but, no, I said bear. I shouldn't. Yeah, 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 we have to, but, we have to beep bear me, out. No, you've got to be careful about <laughs> yeah. things like that. But, um, so, you know, the more spontaneous it, it is, the better it is. Hmm. I am not of the mind. I, I know I know a lot of people disagree with this. I am not a, of a mind that if there is such a thing as uh, as reincarnation and stuff like that, that you bring enough of any sort of past life or anything like that or any existence into this life for that life to affect this life. I don't believe that. Hmm. It works like that. I don't believe that. Um, in that case, it can be used as a really good metaphor Robin Colville, the, the guy I was telling you about, the, the, the comedian who um, a friend of his asked him to go and see her daughter who was in hospital, who got anorexia. And the, the thing I just used as a joke, um, as a metaphor, he actually did that with her. He took her into a past life. He couldn't think what else to do. He took her into a past life and told her that the reason she didn't eat was because she was in Ireland during the potato famines in a past life, and she brought that back with her that she couldn't eat. Mm. And um, I said to Robin, I said, well, how long ago was that? He said, about 20 years. I said, is she okay now? He said, yeah, yeah. He said, if anything, she's a tiny bit overweight, and she's got three lovely children, and, that, and she was on the verge of being force-fed. So I'm not saying that you can't use it that way. I don't believe it happens that way, you know. Oh, wow. But um, but past lives are fascinating and fascinating. If you take it, and can I give you my philosophy? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I believe that life is an essence. It's an energy because you can get, all the chemicals, all the minerals, everything that makes a human being, you can give it the right temperature, you can give it everything else, you can inject stem cells, you can do whatever you like, you cannot 
create life. Life is something that happens. It's an essence, it's an energy that we don't know, we don't understand. I'm an agnostic. I sit on the fence as far as God, because if there's God and there's spirits and there's, there's that stuff, it's so different from our, from our experience now. We'd never be able to understand it in a billion years. So we have to make it our own. And I think that that essence quite lightly can go from life to life. Yeah. Now that means that when Rob de Groof dies, Rob de Groof dies, Rob de Groof will never happen again. But that doesn't mean the the life energy that that made Rob de Groof live doesn't go on. And as with DNA and genes, you, you know, I mean, the size of your nose, the color of your eyes, the shape of your forehead, all of that is genetically um, composed from little bits and pieces, not just from one life, but your ancestors going back 20,000 or, or even a million years. Mm. Yeah. So, um, you know, if, if, if you get a, f a, a photograph or a painting of a great, 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 great grandfather, you know, you probably see, oh, he's got my eyes. No, he hasn't. He's got his eyes. They just happen to be the same shape because of the program. And I think that's how all this works. So, you know, um, I'll try and take the religious aspect. I think that whatever it is, however memory works and we don't know how memory works you know we've got a good supposition of how memory works but we don't know what imagination is we we don't really know what intuition is we sort of know it's like gravity we we can show we can show gravity yeah right and we say right that's gravity mass attracts mass why it's the same with imagination. It's the same with, with what we deal with as hypnotists, with, with the mind. It's, it's not the how. We can show the how, but we don't know the why. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and, and with, with past lives, it, it, there's no reason why some of the shape of that energy, that life or whatever that, that, that moves around goes from life to life doesn't carry an image of something else mm. yeah it could just be it could just be that there's this huge great big um universal conscience where every thought that's made because it's energy goes into this huge great big universal conscience and when you hypnotize you can tune into that mm. it could just be that it's pure imagination that you know but like I said, we don't really know what imagination is or where it comes from. You know, I mean, who who sat there and thought and thought, you know, um, and thought, well, if we had a, a machine that you press buttons on, we, we could talk to somebody the other side of the world eventually. Yeah. You know, I don't know where it come from, but it come from somewhere. So. And I, th I, th I think with, with past lives, I believe that although Jonathan Chase, actually my real name's not Jonathan Chase, I mean, that's a stage name, mm. but, but that this person sitting here will never happen again and has never happened before. 
but this person sitting here, that's mm. a different story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? So um, it's, it's interesting. I have had, I had one young fella and um, he went back. I won't say I took him back because I didn't. And I won't actually saying he went back is wrong because he remembered being back there. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's why I call what I do past life recall. Recall, yeah. Because of, you're not reliving your past no, life. No, no, no. You're, you're just you know, getting you're, you're information. You're just remembering from it. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're recalling it. Mm. So, um, and he recalled being uh, homosexual in London in the 1800s. And he was coming out of a house where everybody knew. And he was stabbed to death. And when... I brought him out of it. He said, good God, he said, that's really, yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Absolute perfect sense. And I said, great, fabulous. What are you going to do about that? He said, I'm going to go home and to my mom and dad. He said, I'm going to come out. He said, I'm going to tell them, you know. Now, you can put all sorts of intellectual crap on top of that and say, oh, well, that was just confirming a belief. It was belief confirmation. It was this, it was that, it was the other. Maybe there was some connection, you know. God knows. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. But there appeared to be a connection, you know. Um, there, there's a book that if you want to get into past lives, most people know, um, most people know many lives, many masters, mm. which really is a crap book on past life. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this book, uh, Life Before Life by, by um, Jim B. Tucker is fascinating because this recounts children mostly under the age of four, mostly in places like India and Ceylon, recounting past lives and saying, I was this person, I lived there and lived that. And that, that's a 10-year research into, into the matter. There's a, there's a couple of like um, westernised European ones as well, but they're mostly... Indians and people have said to me, "Oh yeah, but that Jim Tucker thing, you know, they're all they're all Indians and 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 past, uh, you know, regret." Uh, I nearly said repatriation. I'm, I've got that on the brain now. Send them all home. Who? Everybody. <laughs> God, if they sent us home, we'd end up in Africa, wouldn't we? But <laughs> but. Um, the reason that most of the stories are there is that when a child, certainly in this country and Belgium and France and Germany and, and you know, when they say, Mummy, I think I was another person, then our Christianized, Judo-Christian belief system of that doesn't happen. You know, we turn around and say, don't be silly. And that's it. End of story. <laughs> However, in India and, and places like that, because, be, be, 
because it's part of their belief system. When a child says, Mummy, I think I was a person who lived up there. Oh, really, darling? And what did you do? Mm. Yeah. So, so it's not that the, the thing is, it happens way too much, way too spontaneously before that child has any possibility of that being induced. Mm. And when you read that, you sort of go, hang on a minute, there's something going on here, you know? Um, and yeah, it is, it is quite, quite weird and quite wonderful. I'll tell you something. I've taken roughly, let's guess it, about 2,000 people through past lives. And I have probably taken maybe 20, 30% of those have been good enough and detailed enough to take them through the death experience. Mm. And regardless of gender, regardless of ethnic background, regardless of belief system, although I must admit I haven't done many Muslims because they don't want to go there, mm. you know, um, I, haven't done, <laughs> I haven't done many Jewish people because likewise they don't want to go there, you know. Can I tell you a joke? <laughs> of course. Guy dies, <laughs> goes to heaven, St. Peter's at the door, he's going round and, he, and he's saying, how can I make this politically correct? Okay, Catholics, you, anybody can have a go at them. And he's going round and he's saying, he's saying this, is, this is heaven and, and over there we have all the Muslims. Look, we've got, uh, over there we've got all the Jews and over there we've got, we've got all the Buddhists and over there we've got all the Methodists, Baptists, you know. And, and the guy's looking and he said, what's behind this big wall is... Shh, that's the Catholics. They like to think they're the only ones here. Now, but yep. that's normally the Muslims, but I, I didn't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh God, are you going to get me shot? You're not going to be able to put this up on YouTube. But um, it's it's... It's fascinating what people say happens after the death experience is pretty much, we, 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 the, the, there's obviously a circle of interpretation that, you know, uh, it differs with age and experience, but it's pretty much the same thing. And I never tell anybody what that is. And I wouldn't even put it in my book. No. Yeah, but it's pretty much the same thing, regardless of conscious belief system, uh, uh, interpretation of their belief system. Yeah, which is interesting, you know, and it's, it's, it's quite fascinating. So I like past lives. I like hypno-holidays. I like, I like hypnotizing people and taking them on, on sojourns and journeys. And, and uh, uh, take them somewhere yeah. and, and, yeah. Yeah, Casper Fredholm. We were doing a we were doing a hypno holiday on one of my courses, and Casper Fredholm, uh, who not only is a fabulous hypnotist and wrote the music for the marvelous mechanical mesmerists that I did, um, took to Edinburgh Fringe, first ever hypnosis play with um, with, with hypnotized people in it, um, but but 
Casper wanted to go on holiday, so I hypnotised him and I ch took him to um, to the Bahamas and he was in a white, huge, great big Cadillac, picked him up at the airport, took him out to this fantastic jazz club and he was playing, you know, and at the time, I can't reel the names off now because I haven't got them in my head, but at the time... I knew I was going to do this as an exhibition for people. So what I did was I I actually picked up from the internet, you know, um, a jazz article from a jazz magazine, the, the the ten greatest jazz players of all time, and I'd written them down on on a piece of paper, and I've got that with me. And I was saying, and there's Satchmo in the corner, and he comes up and shakes you by the hand, you know. And there's you know Louis Armstrong, who's actually the same person, but don't you know? You know, I don't remember the names, but uh. you know. And Casper still says that was the best holiday he ever had, you know. And um, I do know Sharon Stiles, sharonstiles.co.uk, is doing something professionally on that, you know, um, because people can't travel. So she's taking them there. Okay. But, yeah, great know, idea. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. Uh, that sort of thing I, I, I love. Um, on, on the past life score, I went through about a two-year period where I was being contacted, and I'm open to be contacted, by, by people from, like, paranormal societies. Mm. And um, not, not spiritual, not the spiritual church, you know, but paranormal societies, people who take, okay, something's happening, let's... I'll tell you a story, totally true. We're doing this supposedly haunted... Um, Chapel, church, you know, in, in, in deepest, darkest Devon, you know, miles away from anywhere. And we're in there and they've got, they've got heat sensors set up. They've got about five or six cameras. They've got all this. I hypnotized three people, one who claimed to be a medium and two, two girls who'd had nothing to do with it. I knew nothing about this place or anything they started to present themselves as young children and they were playing and, you know, laughing with each other. And a young guy um, who was there said, could I have a go? I said, certainly, sit down, hypnotised him. And it was one of those, you know, you, you know those ones where you hypnotise them and you see a change? Um, do, you know, do you know what I mean? A, a, hypnoti a hypnotherapist never sees this. A hypnotist knows what I mean. He changed. Hmm. Yeah, that that was a different person sitting there. When I said one, two, open your eyes, a different person opened their eyes. Yep. Whether that was just me, or you know, but the three children started to scream and said, "He's coming! He's coming! He's coming!" All the hairs stood up on the back of my neck as I'm probably standing up on yours now, but all the hairs stood up on the back of my neck. It was a dark place. They kept it deliberately dark, you know, because apparently if you have it too light, you don't get the hauntings, you know. For, for some reason, people think the ghosts don't like the light. Don't <laughs> You know. But, um, but let's face it, if they're a ghost, they don't know it's bloody light. But anyway, um, I stopped it all. 
because I felt that, you know, that it was going into a place where I was going to lose control. And I didn't want that to happen. So I stopped it all and everything. And I rang the guys up. There was about six cameras, you know, with night sensors and that. And I rang the guys up the next day and I said, when can I, when can I see the video? You know, because part of the agreement was I got some of the video. Nothing recorded. There were six cameras and none of them recorded anything. Isn't that weird? That's, yeah, yeah, strange. I mean, one, fair enough. Hmm? But it was as if a hand had been put in front of every single camera lens. They were all running. They were all working on mini DV tapes in those days. You know, there was no digital. Digital was shit, Hmm. you know. Nobody used it. But, and and that, you know, on, on, on my child's life, that happened. You know, and um, so I did some past lives for them and I did past lives on stage, which didn't really take off because I couldn't be asked marketing it, you know, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's interesting the levels and the different things that you get, you know, um, and I have a routine of doing it. I'm working on a book called um, Passion for Past Lives. It is not a how to do it for hypnotist book. Um, I have a routine that I call um, that I call psychic recall, yeah, and that is on a video tutorial as part of the hypnotists that we'll talk about in a minute. You know the membership thing that you can join. That's on there, like three hours trainings on there that you get for fourteen ninety five, I think. Yeah. So you know, um, but. But my passion for past lives is just the experience that people have had from it and have after it. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pro- I think that that's that, the progression that's from the radio show. Just for those who are interested, the progression from the radio show. The phone rang, and it was um, a guy from Stafford, which is. 12 miles away from Wolverhampton and um, he, he rang me up and he said um, I he, he said I run a Stafford Mensa group Mensa is the the, the group for people with higher IQs no, Mensa, he no, said no. He, Mensa he said we get together um, once a month would you come and and do a past life regression for us so I went over there, really fascinating because we got a woman who thought she was a monk named Michael up in the northeast in a monastery that, you know, these guys are immense. So they're all going like this, trying to look it up in books. There was no Google in those days, you know, Google hadn't been invented. And and you had to you, you had to use these to look really, yeah, really up, you know? and, yeah, and they're going like whatever, this yeah. and they couldn't find a mention of this and uh, one of the guys, needless to say, rang me up a few days later and said, "We found it. We found the monastery, which was destroyed, destroyed by the by the Vikings. You know, um, we, we found this. We found that. Fascinating. But um, and I did, I did. That was all around the Midlands and all the way, all, all over the country for a long time. You know, that was 
that was my sort of like, I haven't got a show on a Tuesday. You know what Mondays and Tuesdays are like? You can never get a show on a Monday or Tuesday. Wednesday's a bit iffy. Thursday sometimes, but yeah, Friday, Saturday and... Sunday on the afternoon. Sometimes like Sunday yeah. afternoon. Yeah, never yeah. Sunday evening, yeah. you know. Um, usually weddings on a Sunday afternoon and that sort of thing. But... Um, but this was the, my Monday, Monday, Tuesday filling, you know. Mm. I say yes, but I've only got a Monday free, you know. <laughs> and and I, it was great because you just go, you sit in somebody's living room with the room full of people, and I used to say, right, I will charge you, just off the top of my head, a hundred to to come, yeah. Obviously, it would be a lot more now, but you know, in those days, that was a lot of money. Um, so all you've got to do is get 10 people who are interested to pay you 10, and that's it. Mm. And that, that way, you get your past life free. And they'd say, Okay, but what if I just wanted you to come and do my past life? That's 200. Right. So you need 10 people. <laughs> you can hear them working out very, very quickly. <laughs> they were doing the calculation. Yeah. <laughs> Something okay. wrong. Right. So I'll get 10 people. In. <laughs> then I'll get a 200 thing for free. Yeah. You know, they weren't getting it for free because, of course, you out of those 10 people on the past lives, I'd get two phobias. I'd get a couple of stop smoking. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. The, know, moment, the moment you have yeah. them and they're interested, yeah. then, then, yeah. Course, yeah. yeah, and of course, you know, you do something really scientific with the whole room. You say, right, let's find out who's in the right mood. Put both hands out in front of you like so. Turn one hand up towards the ceiling and make a tight tight. <laughs> Let the other hand get loose. You know, uh, 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 um, and yeah, and and you do that with them. You know, and then I do mag hands and the ones that went fasty. I, I tell you why I love magnetic hands. A it shows you that something physical is happening. Mm. B, it shows them that something physical is happening. And, and C, it's got the deep net already included in it because the second the hands go together and you say, and they just drop into your lap and you see them go. Mine. Oh, yeah. there you go. Oh. And I think magnetic hands, going back to the, to the, to what you said, the, the essence yeah, the, the, of the, the, uh, the, the program is, oh, yeah. is, is, is the simple. simplest induction. Yep. A lot of people prefer the day bomb and eye closure for the same thing. Um, day bomb. A lot of people prefer eye closure for the same thing. Um, but I, I like magnetic hands or stick their hand to a table. Because, you know, if they can't lift their hand, they're hypnotized. Yep. I'm not interested in what the conscious mind's doing. They could be having a logical conversation with me. They can't lift the fucking hand off the table. They're hypnotized. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and I taught that to very... My my first ever mentee, whose name was Jeffrey Stevens. Mm. Yep. And... Um, And, and Jeff was probably the most influential hypnotist on me because mentoring him. He, he, when, when I met Jeff, he was a graphic designer who did hypnosis on the side. You know the story. And, and I said to him, what are you doing? You're bloody good, you know. And, and 
mentoring is probably the wrong term. We just chucked ideas in there and I said, well, why don't you try this and why don't you try that? You know, there was no street hypnosis. There was impromptu hypnosis, mm. which actually comes from my book, Deeper and Deeper, which was written in the 1990s, mm. you know, um, but they took impromptu hypnosis out of any social situation out to the street called it street hypnosis, which is all hip and everything, you know. Just walk up to a stranger and say, have you ever been hypnotized? No, bang them under you. Put them against your shoulder, rock them, put them down on the ground, right? And grab the hand, pull their arm out of its socket, you know, and that sort of thing. Oh, you're a hypnotist now, are oh, you buggery? <laughs> but that, 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 that's like saying, give me a thumb tip, I'm a magician. No. <laughs> but... Oh, I do like that. I do like that. I'll have to remember that. That just came straight off the head there, straight off. But um, there's no doubt about it, the, the finding ways for Jeff to blossom helped me become a teacher. You, you know what I mean? And a much better hypnotist because I had to think, why does that work? You know, and, and how do I keep that as simple as possible? You know, um, I'll give you my DIY deep now. You put them under and you say, right, this is a fabulous place called hypnosis. What you're experiencing now is hypnosis. I don't know what they're experiencing and neither do they really. If they're hypnotized, they're not there. You know, <laughs> you know. So I'll say, right. Of all the places you could be, is this the place you need to be to address the subject we're doing? Nod or shake your head. And if they go, I'll say, there's a better, even more wonderful place in hypnosis. Go there and go into there. And when you are 100% in there, let me know. And you watch them and they might nod. Or It's a nod if they're there. If they go, yes. They're probably not there. No, they just you want know, to. And you say, no. right, is this the place you can do? <laughs> you know, all this. I, I hear people say that my favourite, in, in my favourite deepener is counting ten down to one. On stage, it's mine. Mm. You know, because it's a stage in yeah, yeah, and yeah. ten going deeper and deeper mm. with every number I go past, with every deep breath that you take, with every firm beat of your heart going deeper and deeper. Want to know the originator of that? Kilboyne. Mm. Yep. And <laughs> a lot of dying going there. deeper and deeper and deeper, eight deeper and deeper, two, you know, and one deeply asleep. That's how that's how you do it. I've I've got a um, world's fastest induction of of seven people, each of them on stage, all hypnotized using a different induction. Yeah, I know that video on YouTube. All, all, uh, all, uh, all, all of them deepened down to a stage level in less than eight minutes. Eight minutes. Uh, uh. Yeah. I don't know why I attempted that, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it worked, yeah. It worked. It's never worked since, but <laughs> it worked. No. And the video was there. Yep. So. So yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> but don't tell everybody it's never worked since. Not <laughs> not as good, you know? yeah. But um, but but yeah, it's I've dried now, 
Ask me a question. <laughs> Okay, so uh, yeah, you already leave that in. Your, uh, that you, uh, yeah, that you are uh, writing a book about uh, uh, the past life regression. So yeah, we wait pa that past but life. But you it, wrote for... you wrote some other books. You had you have some trainings online. So how can people find those trainings? How can people reach you? Uh, I will put it in the show every, notes as every, well. Everything everything here is mine. So, and uh, how can they... Uh, right, if you, like if you look up Jonathan Chase Hypnosis on Amazon, um, Barnes Noble, that sort of thing, um, every, everything's either in Kindle or, or, or um, softback. Um, yeah. If you go to my website, jonathanchase.com, uh, if you want to learn from me, um, over the years we've done some tutorials, and that sort of thing, and there's hypnosis installed. I don't know if you've ever seen that. No, um, I, I, no, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. No. Give me your address because I've got thousands of them. Mm. We're moving next year, mm. moving after Christmas, and I've got thousands of DVDs that nobody wants anymore. <laughs> Give me your address. Yeah. I'll send you one. Yeah, um, okay. But um, but but it's all it's all online. It's it's been called the best ever um, video training of hypnosis because we set it up along with uh, somebody else. I think you know Tim Box. Yep. Who who? Of course. It was his idea. He hmm. said, "Can we? Can you do? Can we do um, a, a hypnosis training video?" that's designed to hypnotize the person watching it to be able to hypnotize. I said, yes. Hmm. And we did it with, um, a lot of people don't know this, but Tim used to be a pop star. And um, no, he, he went out in front of 50,000 people in Indonesia when he was hmm. with his band. What, yeah. what, what would Jesus drive? Don't tell Tim I told you that. <laughs> but... Um, by the way, bloody good music as well. But um, we we did all that. That's on there, and you you, you get um, you get twelve months of uh, different tutorial every month. You get access to me and everything for fourteen ninety five. That's not a Black Friday thing. It's always fourteen ninety five yeah. uh, pounds pounds. You know, so it'll yeah, be about, like so seventeen euros or yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. A about three billion um japanese things you know, <laughs> you know. but um a month you, you know for a year 140 yeah, uh, quid and you get all the all, all these tutorials and and people regularly write to me now that i'm semi-retired i answer most questions <laughs> you know um <laughs> we haven't done a live zoom yet because there's only there's only six or seven members and you get that by going to thehypnotists.com. Thehypnotist.com. So I will mention the all those links Not in the, the hypnotist. No, if the you hypnotist. do that, a guy in California is going to get really pissed. Okay. <laughs> yeah? No. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's the I, hypnotists, I will, hypnotists.com. Yeah, but I will, I will add all those links in the show notes so people just can click on it. That, that's much yeah. easier now. And... Um, and that, that that's not advertised anywhere else. I'm only mentioning that on um, on, on podcasts. So we we will definitely put the the price of that up because I think it's I think it, it, it's it's well worth it. So I can devote my life to that. But um, 
Yeah, I've come to the point now where I'm old enough, daft enough, and, you know, I've got pretty much everything I want and need, so I'm not chasing the more. Yeah. You know, understand. Um, uh, with with the fame, pretty much been there. Hmm. You know, and um, some so, somebody somebody the other day said, "Oh, I don't know what church is going on about." He's a had has been. Well, at least I'm a has been, not a never was. You know, so yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't you can't be a has been when you you were when you have never had success. So uh, so well, yeah. so know, it's actually yeah. I'm I'm quite <laughs> but, happy yeah, to be a yeah. has been because <laughs> yeah. you, you know I'm I'm too old now. I'm I'm doing a lot of this. I'm doing a lot of podcast guesting. Um, not only this, but for for business. Um, a lot a lot. Uh, for influence and persuasion, mm. which. I sort of enjoy, you know, you know, the secrets of the hypnotist. How do you get somebody to believe they you've read their mind? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so John, it was a great chat. Uh, it was uh, I really, uh, really interesting. It. Really, yeah. Interesting. You just yes, sat back also, and let me talk. Yeah, yeah. So the, <laughs> because yeah, I was also really fascinated about. Uh, as I said, I don't have uh, experience with past life regression. Uh, so so it was you, you uh, should, really good you, to to hear you those should try stories. It. You should yeah, try I'm, I'm going to give it a try anyway. Yeah, I'm going to give it a try. But uh, yeah, the first question. You always ask is this, however you take them there, however you force them to get there, you say, are you indoors or outdoors? That's the only leading question. Mm. Because if you don't do that, they could be off somewhere in, in, in this ethereal cloud or something like that. But if you say plonk, are you indoors or outdoors? And then I will say, are you alone? Are there others with you? Mm. If they, they sort of get confused at that, I'll say, what can you feel? What can you smell? What can you see? Mm. What can you hear? Right? Can you taste anything? Because I had one guy, he was in, he said, black, dark, dark, dark. And I said, what can you smell? He, he said, sweating apples. Sweating apples. He said, yeah, they're, they're, they're opening the lid. And they pulled him out. It turned out that he was a cabin boy on a boat on an Irish ship. He was an Irish guy uh, on an Irish ship going across the Atlantic. And he broke the rules. And they put him in this trunk where they kept some apples and limes and stuff like that. And he was about to get the cat of nine tails, you know. Mm. And I said, how old are you? He said, maybe nine. 10 maybe you know which when you think about it he probably wouldn't know how old he was no no, no. you know probably not no, no. it'd be a guess mm. you know he did it, 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 it's happened before but he did come up to me afterwards and say you do me a favor yeah can you completely block that memory from take it away completely he said it's horrible i said mm. yeah no problem yeah you can block it what I did was I blocked it subconsciously, but told him he could recall it consciously where it didn't matter. Yeah. Well, well, and he went, no bad yeah. Feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I've had people hung and everything. So I'm working on that at the moment. But um, 
Yeah, it's been it's been great, Rob. Sorry, I'm I'm chuntering on now. Old people do that. <laughs> It's okay. It's perfect. Okay, so John, thank you very much, and uh, I hope very, you, very to see you uh, somewhere in person uh, really soon.